0: Section 34 of Scenes from a Courtesan's Life by Honoré de Balzac Translated by James Waring This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Recording by Bruce Peary What Love Costs an Old Man Chapter 14 An hour later, the two agents for the Grandlieu family set out for La Verberie, where Monsieur and Madame Sechard were living never had lucien felt any emotion so deep as that which overcame him at la verberie when comparing his own fate with that of his brother-in-law the two parisians were about to witness the same scene that had so much struck lucien a few days since everything spoke of peace and abundance at the hour when the two strangers were arriving a party of four persons were being entertained in the drawing-room of la verberie the cure of marsac a young priest of five-and-twenty who at madame sechard's request had become tutor to her little boy lucien the country doctor monsieur Maron, the mayor of the commune and an old colonel who grew roses on a plot of land opposite to la verberie on the other side of the road every evening during the winter these persons came to play an artless game of boston for centime points to borrow the papers or return those they had finished when monsieur and madame sechard had bought la verberie a fine house built of stone and roofed with slate the pleasure grounds consisted of a garden of two acres in the course of time by devoting her savings to the purpose handsome madame sechard had extended her garden as far as a brook by cutting down the vines on some ground she purchased and replacing them with grass plots and clumps of shrubbery at the present time the house surrounded by a park of about twenty acres and enclosed by walls was considered the most imposing place in the neighborhood old sechard's former residence with the outhouses attached was now used as the dwelling-house for the manager of about twenty acres of vineyard left by him of five farmsteads bringing in about six thousand francs a year and ten acres of meadow land lying on the further side of the stream exactly opposite the little park indeed madame sechard hoped to include them in it the next year la verberie was already spoken of in the neighborhood as a chateau and eve sechard was known as the lady of marsac lucien while flattering her vanity had only followed the example of the peasants and vine-dressers courtois the owner of the mill very picturesquely situated a few hundred yards from the meadows of la verberie was in treaty it was said with Madame sechard for the sale of his property and this acquisition would give the finishing touch to the estate and the rank of a place in the department madame sechard who did a great deal of good with as much judgment as generosity was equally esteemed and loved her beauty now really splendid was at the height of its bloom she was about six-and-twenty but had preserved all the freshness of youth from living in the tranquillity and abundance of a country life still much in love with her husband she respected him as a clever man who was modest enough to renounce the display of fame in short to complete her portrait it is enough to say that in her whole existence she had never felt a throb of her heart that was not inspired by her husband or her children the tax paid to grief by this happy household was as may be supposed the deep anxiety caused by lucien's career in which eve sechard suspected mysteries which she dreaded all the more because during his last visit lucien roughly cut short all his sister's questions by saying that an ambitious man owed no account of his proceedings to anyone but himself in six years lucien had seen his sister but three times and had not written her more than six letters his first visit to la verberie had been on the occasion of his mother's death and his last had been paid with a view to asking the favor of the lie which was so necessary to his advancement this gave rise to a very serious scene between monsieur and madame sechard and their brother and left their happy and respected life troubled by the most terrible suspicions the interior of the house as much altered as the surroundings was comfortable without luxury as will be understood by a glance round the room where the little party were now assembled a pretty aubusson carpet hangings of gray cotton twill bound with green silk brocade the woodwork painted to imitate spa wood carved mahogany furniture covered with gray woollen stuff and green gimp with flower-stands gay with flowers in spite of the time of year presented a very pleasing and homelike aspect the window curtains of green brocade the chimney ornaments and the mirror frames were untainted by the bad taste that spoils everything in the provinces and the smallest details all elegant and appropriate gave the mind and eye a sense of repose and of poetry which a clever and loving woman can and ought to infuse into her home madame sechard still in mourning for her father sat by the fire working at some large piece of tapestry with the help of madame kolb the housekeeper to whom she entrusted all the minor cares of the household a chaise has stopped at the door said courtois hearing the sound of wheels outside, and to judge by the clatter of metal, it belongs to these parts. Postel and his wife have come to see us, no doubt, said the doctor. No, said Courtois, the chaise has come from Monsle. Madame, said Kolb, the burly Alsatian we have made acquaintance with in a former volume, Illusion Perdue, here is a lawyer from Paris who wants to speak with monsieur a lawyer cried sechard the very word gives me the colic thank you said the mayor of marsac named cachan who for twenty years had been an attorney at angouleme and who had once been required to prosecute Cichard. my poor david will never improve he will always be absent-minded said eve smiling a lawyer from paris said courtois have you any business in paris no said eve but you have a brother there observed courtois take care lest he should have anything to say about old sechard's estate said cachan he had his finger in some very queer concerns worthy man corentin and derville on entering the room after bowing to the company and giving their names begged to have a private interview with monsieur and madame Sechard. By all means, said Sechard, but is it a matter of business? Solely a matter regarding your father's property, said Corentin. Then I beg you will allow monsieur the mayor, a lawyer formerly at Angoulême, to be present also. Are you monsieur Derville?" said Cachon, addressing Corentin no monsieur this is monsieur Derville," replied corentin introducing the lawyer who bowed but said sechard we are so to speak a family party we have no secrets from our neighbors there is no need to retire to my study where there is no fire our life is in the sight of all men but your father's said corentin was involved in certain mysteries which perhaps you would rather not make public is it anything we need blush for said eve in alarm oh no a sin of his youth said corentin coldly setting one of his mouse-traps monsieur your father left an elder son oh the rascal cried courtois he was never very fond of you monsieur sechard and he kept that secret from you the deep old dog now i understand what he meant when he used to say to me you shall see what you shall see when i am under the turf do not be dismayed monsieur said corentin to sechard while he watched eve out of the corner of his eye a brother exclaimed the doctor then your inheritance is divided into two derville was affecting to examine the fine engravings proofs before letters which hung on the drawing-room walls do not be dismayed madame corentin went on seeing amazement written on madame sechard's handsome features it is only a natural son the rights of a natural son are not the same as those of a legitimate child this man is in the depths of poverty and he has a right to a certain sum calculated on the amount of the estate the millions left by your father at the word millions there was a perfectly unanimous cry from all the persons present and now derville ceased to study the prince old sechard millions said courtois who on earth told you that some peasant monsieur said cachan you are not attached to the treasury you may be told all the facts be quite easy said corentin i give you my word of honor that i am not employed by the treasury cachan who had just signed to everybody to say nothing gave expression to his satisfaction monsieur corentin went on if the whole estate were but a million a natural child's share would still be something considerable but we have not come to threaten a lawsuit on the contrary our purpose is to propose that you should hand over one hundred thousand francs and we will depart one hundred thousand francs cried cachan interrupting him but monsieur Old Sechard left twenty acres of vineyard, five small farms, ten acres of meadowland here, and not a sou besides. Nothing on earth, cried David Sechard, would induce me to tell a lie, and less to a question of money than on any other, Monsieur. He said, turning to Corentin and Derville, "My father left us besides the land." Courtois and Cachan signalled in vain to Sechard he went on three hundred thousand francs which raises the whole estate to about five hundred thousand francs monsieur cachan asked eve sechard what proportion does the law allot to a natural child madame said corentin we are not turks we only require you to swear before these gentlemen that you did not inherit more than five hundred thousand francs from your father-in-law and we can come to an understanding first give me your word of honor that you really are a lawyer said cachan to derville here is my passport replied derville handing him a paper folded in four and monsieur is not as you might suppose an inspector from the treasury so be easy he added we had an important reason for wanting to know the truth as to the sechard estate and we now know it derville took madame sechard's hand and led her very courteously to the further end of the room madame said he in a low voice if it were not that the honor and future prospects of the house of grandlieu are implicated in this affair i would never have lent myself to the stratagem devised by this gentleman of the red ribbon but you must forgive him it was necessary to detect the falsehood by means of which your brother has stolen a march on the beliefs of that ancient family beware now of allowing it to be supposed that you have given your brother twelve hundred thousand francs to repurchase the rubempre estates twelve hundred thousand francs cried madame sechard turning pale where did he get them wretched boy ah that is the question replied derville i fear that the source of his wealth is far from pure the tears rose to eve's eyes as her neighbors could see we have perhaps done you a great service by saving you from abetting a falsehood of which the results may be positively dangerous. The lawyer went on, Derville left Madame Sechard sitting pale and dejected with tears on her cheeks, and bowed to the company to Mansle said corentin to the little boy who drove the chaise. There was but one vacant place in the diligence from Bordeaux to Paris. Derville begged corentin to allow him to take it urging a press of business but in his soul he was distrustful of his travelling companion whose diplomatic dexterity and coolness struck him as being the result of practice corentin remained three days longer at Mansle, unable to get away he was obliged to secure a place in the paris coach by writing to bordeaux and did not get back till nine days after leaving home Peyrade meanwhile had called every morning either at Passy or in Paris to inquire whether Corentin had returned on the eighth day he left at each house a note written in their peculiar cipher to explain to his friend what death hung over him and to tell him of Lidy's abduction and the horrible end to which his enemies had devoted them peyrade bereft of corentin but seconded by contenson still kept up his disguise as a nabob even though his invisible foes had discovered him he very wisely reflected that he might glean some light on the matter by remaining on the field of the contest contenson had brought all his experience into play in his search for lydie and hoped to discover in what house she was hidden but as the days went by the impossibility absolutely demonstrated of tracing the slightest clue added hour by hour to peyrade's despair the old spy had a sort of guard about him of twelve or fifteen of the most experienced detectives they watched the neighborhood of the rue des moineaux and the rue t'about where he lived as a nabob with Madame du during the last three days of the term granted by asie to reinstate lucien on his old footing in the Hotel de grandlieu contenson never left the veteran of the old general police office and the poetic terror shed throughout the forests of america by the arts of inimical and warring tribes of which cooper made such good use in his novels was here associated with the petty details of paris life the foot-passengers the shops the hackney cabs a figure standing at a window everything had to the human ciphers to whom old peyrade had entrusted his safety the thrilling interest which attaches in cooper's romances to a beaver village a rock a bison robe a floating canoe a weed straggling over the water if the spaniard has gone away you have nothing to fear Said Contenson to Peyrade, remarking on the perfect peace they lived in, but if he is not gone, observed Peyrade, he took one of my men at the back of the chaise, but at Blois, my man, having to get down, could not catch the chaise up again End of section thirty four